Hi, ho, hello, and welcome back to the Utojuo Hujui podcast with your girl Aileen. Um, thank you so much for listening to this particular episode. Um, I just thought, let me explain what's going on. Um, because this is not like other episodes. This is a video podcast that I have extracted the audio and just done my best. I, I have really tried. And as a result, the audio quality is not going to be the best. It might not even be ideal. Some might say it shall be substandard. But thank you for bearing with.、Um, I am working on like upgrading my equipment, upgrading my laptop, upgrading my life so that I can move into this new form of content.、Um, in the meantime, we hope the episode is. Listenable. We hope you were able to pay attention.、Um, and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. Mark, are you ready? Yeah. Gents, this is Aileen's whiskey of choice. Yes, even you can afford Aileen. What the fuck? Mmm. That's enough, cook. What? The one that's the strongest, you bastard. No, no it's not stronger. That also gives me a shot of whiskey. That he has not himself consumed. That is beautiful. Tasty. Okay, and we're back. I was supposed to have. I don't know why I'm holding this. This, this doesn't work.、Mm-hmm. I have to do my shot. Have you done your shot? Yep. No, you have not done your shot. Just because people can't see your drink doesn't mean that. Thank you. My shot. Okay, that's not a shot. That's a drink. The shot is 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 a cheers to you. A cheers to you, Eli. A brave, strong soul, trying something new, and doing it. With a vigor and elegance that can be envied by all.、Mm. Cheers. There、so、you、vicious. go. Such a evil laugh. Is it finished? Good job. Good job. But I made you a very nice cocktail. <laughs> no, you didn't. She's sitting with. I gave her like a small tot of whiskey and then like fill the cup with Coke Zero. You forgot. I took a video of how you were making those shots, those drinks. By the way, people have falsely accused me of being that sort of guy, but I don't. I, 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 I like, like the、alcohol. first minute of this episode. The first minute of this trial is you、mm-hmm. proclaiming yourself with your chest that you are a bastard. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to alcohol, you have to be a bastard because you're dealing with people who think they are clever. They want you to be vomiting on their couch. Never, you'll never find me vomiting、Don't、on your couch. Oh, by the way, never. Looking really nice. Yeah, fixed yeah, it. Fixed it.、Really nice. Hard work, but it's、yeah. done. Okay, so hi, hello, hello, and, and welcome, welcome to, to the Utajua Hujui podcast. Brought to you by. Continue. Brought to you by, I suppose, Hunter's Choice. Even though we're not really getting any sponsorships, but you know what? One day we will. It's called Aspirational. And Hunter's, we need to be your choice. <laughs> Nice, nice, nice. All right, all right. Okay, so、um, this is going to be like the first time I'm doing like a video thing. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. I have no idea what it's even looking like right now. It's、um, it's weird to be recorded and to like have all my mannerisms on display like this. I even dressed well-ish today. Yeah. In preparation. Making me look bad. I'm sorry. I told you we were coming to do a video podcast. So. This is not my. Thought we were keeping、like、the、this. same. You know, you guys should see her when she comes when she's not recording video. <laughs> Nothing, no effort. <laughs> this is like, imagine, and she's visiting her friend. Just give, even for his this respect, is, give him、is. some effort. Think about it this way. Think about it like perhaps I feel so comfortable around you and in like your home that I feel like I don't need to mask 
myself and like present myself as this polished individual and I can allow myself to be a slob. Shindwe, no one is asking you to be an, a polished individual. We're just saying sometimes for your friend and for his home make just a little effort. Just I've made little. effort so many times. I just don't see you know what I mean. Okay, no, it's true. Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit extra. Thank you. You're being a dick. So We don't say those words here in this home. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I have not had the time to prepare a script like I usually do for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So no 8,000 words. So no 8,000 words. However, having said that, my notes are 12 pages. <laughs> Your notes? <laughs> my notes do you know, are do you know the, I mean, before we get anywhere, and I know maybe I'm preempting myself, but you know what she wrote to me? Okay, to me, she wrote a lot of messages, but she said that we're going to do like a back and forth yes. preparing questions. Yes. Prepare three questions. Three to five. Three to five. Okay, so clearly I chose the minimum. Mm, pre- I chose prepare. the maximum. <laughs> and we'll have conversations. Have, this, is, this is some real Hermione Harry energy right here, let me just say. More like Ron. I think I prefer Ron. I think Ron is lazier than yeah, Harry. Ron is Harry is lazy, <laughs> but not really. Like he's top of his class all the time. Not like Ron time. doesn't really try. He's just good at certain things, but in a weird way. Yeah, fair so enough. So I'd say I'm more wrong than I am. And why are you saying you're Hermione? I'm sorry. Do I not serve Hermione energy all the damn time? I would have normally said yes, Lakini, because it's, you're feeding your ego too much. Your ego needs to be starved. Why? It needs to be placed in the desert, why? away from water. But like me, baby girl, I'm so insecure. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, oh. So you were saying, you were saying, I was sending you text after text after text yes. about this episode. Yes, sends me text after text after text about the episode. She's like, okay, because we're doing this trial, Karethi, you're going to have to, um, uh, and she, by the way, she used my real name. She said, greatness, And she said, we're going to have to prepare that um, I need the whole day. So yeah. I'm like, cool, no problem. We'll cut it out. She's like, this Tuesday or next Tuesday. I even said this Tuesday. She's like, no, 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 Karethi, I, I want you to say next Tuesday. Tuesday. So I was like, cool, no problem. You, you know that for me, Wednesdays up are the days I'm, Thursdays, Fridays are like my worst days. So, fine, we do this Tuesday, no problem. Then she tells me, prepare three to five questions to have a conversation around. Yes. So how many pages does Karevi have? Two. But you need to have... Look, I'm the type of person that likes to have like as many notes as possible. That way, in case our conversation veers off on any tangent, I am ready. Some might call me over-prepared. I prefer not, not the term hypervigilant. All, all will call you overprepared. Hey. She's those people, and I've worked with her, who embarrass, embarrass. embarrass you. Embarrass. Both the, I'm sure in class, she had those, there were those students that hated her. Actually, actually, no, 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 in class, and I feel like if anyone from my high school watches, they will, they will be able to um, confirm what I'm saying. I was more of a distraction than anything else. Like, my notes were always on point. I always knew where we were in class. But God help you if you sat next to me and you were not on top of your shit. You see. Right? Because I would distract you because I know what's going on. <laughs> and she, like answering all the questions for the teachers. I'm not answering all the It's going over time and everyone wants to leave. And her, she's like, no, no, but Sam. Actually, no, no, no. I was never the kid that was like, teacher, teacher, we have homework. I was the person that would side-eye you if you ever said that. Right? The only time I started taking that homework thing seriously was when we had exams coming on. Mm-hmm. And I realized, look, it's to my benefit if we have opportunities to... Homework yes. is to nobody's benefit. It teaches you. It teaches you. It teaches you. It teaches you a false thinking around the whole concept of work. Which is that when work is incomplete, you go home and continue. Yes. No. 
that's how people are getting burnt out today, isn't it? It is. It is. Exactly. But I will say this. I, like, it's forcing I, people to work to become adults. You're right. Because when I was a kid, mm-hmm. one of the things that I looked forward to the most in terms of being an adult mm-hmm. was that I would be able to get home and not have to do homework. Like my home time is my home time. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, I realized... It's even worse. It's even worse because when you get home, you actually have responsibilities. Like number one, you get clean. home, you have responsibilities. Then if you, if you want to be, oh, what is the word, ambitious... I need to charge my laptop. Just continue. I'm still paying attention. And then if you want to be ambitious... You, you as as an adult, it means that you work excessive hours, yes. that you're always on call, that you're making calls at midnight, going for golf tournament, and all these things are work. But they're all work. They're all work. It's a then, then you start gr- growing in responsibilities. So then your home time is also dealing with family issues, family stresses. Then you now deal with pressures yep. that come with adulthood. Now, hey, where are the babies? Where are the things? You need to start dating. So where is the time? So that's why I'm like, work should remain being called work. Work is to be done at work. So on that note, we need to actually like do this podcast. Ah, nice battery for like 11 minutes. That's so is, better than so this, usual. So this is, actually it is, but this is how it's going to work. Each mm-hmm. of us has prepared a series of questions that are mm-hmm. designed to trip the other person up. Yes. If you get the answer wrong, you have to do a drink. A, a shot, that's what you said. Fine. And we, we have, have the shot glass right there. Shot. I love... I love Nairobi. Oh no, Berno. Berno. What, what's Berno? Uh, shout out to my my cousin who came from Czech Czechia and brought me a shot glass. The Czech Republic. It's now called Czechia. I think. I okay. think it's now called Czechia. Here there it is. You go. Here it is. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you get the answer wrong, you have to do a shot, mm-hmm. um, and then we will have discussions based on the on the question on the question and the answers that come up. Right. Okay, good. So please allow us to pause because I can hear my laptop whirring away. Oh yeah, your laptop like... is like an <laughs> airplane right now. It's because I feel like I'm demanding a lot of her, and it's fine. We're gonna get through this, sweetheart. We're gonna get through this. I no promise. wonder it's a her. But we need to just take a pause for a minute, and then we'll be right back. All right. All right, I think I think we're back. We um, my are computer back. is trying its best. Like I said, it's gonna go back airplane again. This, this is the real airplane mode. I don't know why guys talk about that other thing of HRT frequencies. No, no, no. <laughs> Kenyans who have those HPs, you know the ones I'm talking to. You know you guys. I'm talking to you guys. Who your 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 laptops sound like airplanes? Please shape up. There are those creators on TikTok that give you very cheap laptops. Get them. Let go of the aeroplane. So, like I said, we're back. Sure. Um, I think we haven't done the what am I drinking today, but, like, it's going to be Hunter's Choice with Coke or coffee and tea. We're, like, again, we are over 25. We're not trying to be consistently mm-hmm. drunk today. We have shit to do. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because seeing how we've started, it is now 11.49 a.m., <laughs> We are quarter way through the hunters. Uh, by the end of this episode, I think we'll be like quarter left. Maybe. Because I think she's going to take all the shots. I don't think I'm going to get an okay. answer wrong. I'm not going to get an answer wrong. You know wrong. what? You know what? Be overconfident. Be overconfident. No, so no, no, it no. is my turn to start, that right? Was Virginia. Uh, first, let's pour the shot. Okay. Let's make sure that pour shot the is... the shot for the loser. This is the shot glass. For the answer. For libations. Right. Right there. See? Okay. Ready? Ready. Okay. Question number one. Mm -hmm. Which countries in Africa Mm -hmm. were never colonized? Okay. Number one, first, before I go anywhere, you said countries. Yes. You said countries. Yes. 
questions. Now, that, that, that leads to a number, a number of questions. Let's, let's deal with the obvious. When that question is always asked, everyone means Ethiopia. Yes. So to take Ethiopia, put it to the side, that's yes, one. Yes, we did Ethiopia. Now, now we have to be very, um, uh, what's the word? Critical yes. in our thinking here. I would say another one is Egypt. Ooh. I would say Egypt. Okay. Egypt never really got colonized. There's that I paper they signed, there's all those things, but they didn't really get colonized. But now that you've given me that reaction, I will remove Egypt. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're going to deal with, with now, we go West Africa, and we think about the two um, West African countries that you think of when you when it thinks of colonialism, that's Liberia and Sierra Leone. Okay. So uh, Sierra Leone, I believe, got colonized. By the British. So let's go to... So now we're stuck at uh, Liberia, uh -huh. which now, that's just for semantics. But you said countries, so we're going to say they also got colonized. So I'm going to say Liberia and Ethiopia. Okay, you're right. Mm -hmm. So the shot remains, you're right. But here's, what, but here's why we're wrong. <laughs> here's why you're wrong. <laughs> okay, so my first question to you is this. Mm -hmm. Can black people do a colonialism? Absolutely. Absolutely. Explain, show your working, please. Show my work. Yes, please. What does colonialism entail? It means it's a sort of dominance from one group of people over another group of people in the territory of the other group of people. Yeah. That's what colonialism is. Yeah. The British came to Kenya, yeah. they took over Kenya's resources, yeah. made them their own, yeah. and ruled over them yeah. as their subjects. Yes. That was colonialism. Yes. Why we say Ethiopia didn't have that is because no one came and did that. I mean... You they tried. The, 30s, the Italians yeah. tried, but the, luckily, you, you know, sometimes timing is brilliant. Number one, there's the whole law against uh, um, for Hail Selassie, but there's also the situation of uh, it was such a time that the, the allies were never gonna allow a non-ally, except that's what an happened. An enemy non-ally, like an enemy ally. Yeah, but like the Abyssinian crisis. The League of Nations in 1935. Mm -hmm. They like uh, went to the League of Nations, being like, "Hey, guys, help us, please! They're invading our sovereignty." Mm -hmm. And the rest of the white countries were like, oh. "Not sure," but they did end up getting a little support, didn't they? Un poquito. Un poquito. Un poquito. So, um, what happened? Liberia is a really weird story. So, Liberia has suffered two ways. They suffered from slavery, but then now what happens is as the black movement grows in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, you have many thinkers who start to believe that the only way, in fact, there's this, I think he's the most famous black thinker right now. I can't remember his name. He's very radical. He has like a beard um, and shortish hair and he's always, I can't remember his name. Was it Du Bois? Uh, he's alive. Oh, okay. Um, and he's young. He's, he's like in his 40s. Johannes I don't think so. And he says that Black people, um, he called. He, he was telling he was telling people to call them American Africans instead of African, African Americans, American. and he's saying it's because of the the point of of focus. Mm -hmm. He's like, we have never been Americans. That's his claim. We have always been Africans in America. Mm -hmm. So that thought process is something that happened for the longest time, yeah. where African American thinkers believe the only way we're gonna get through this thing, because you know you guys did a slavery, is separation. So that's actually like how Liberia was born, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really important that as like an African continent, we discuss the idea of Liberia, mm. because I think 
for the longest time I thought black people were always the historical victims. We were mm. never the perpetrators of like colonialism and colonial oh, violence. Oh, we're just as terrible. We are Human just as beings terrible. are terrible. But like what also makes it different is that like the black Americans that came from America to Liberia were coming in with this idea of like white supremacy and colorism already in their brains. Mm-hmm. Their minds had, had already been colonized, right? So when they landed in like a place like Liberia, which was uncolonized, mm-hmm. its indigenous and native population still so was scattered. scattered and everything. Mm-hmm. But you're coming into it as like, I am a Christian mm-hmm. and Christianity is the best religion. I mm-hmm. speak English and that's the best language. Mm-hmm. I have all these things of civility like rice and trains and oil and like cloth and all these things, which makes me a better person. And we're not going to allow you to become like leaders of our country. Pretty much. And that's, that's, that's essentially what happened. Like, mm-hmm. do you know the Liberian constitution was drafted in 1847? Mm-hmm. But indigenous people of Liberia only got the right to vote in 1904. There you go. 57 years later. And when was their first president? The first president, I think, was like a white guy. The first Liberian native president. I don't think we've had that yet. Because see, Ellen, Sir Johnson, Sir Leaf was also like an American Liberian. It wasn't Charles Taylor. Charles Taylor Charles was an American Liberian. Just, the story of Charles Taylor is just, wow. Have you, have you read the story of his son? Mm-hmm. My God, his son got up to some fucked up shit. If you're, I, 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 actually, this is even a plug to your TikTok. You talked about Charles Taylor's slogan, which was? Yes, in 1997, his slogan was, he killed my ma, he killed my pa, but I will still vote for him. And this was like after the Civil War. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that. I, I can't believe that. I, I can. How mm-hmm. can you not? Because like, you have to think about it in the context of the Liberian Civil mm-hmm. War, which is that... Who else are you going to vote for? Mm-hmm. Like, as a citizen, you just want the fighting to stop. Mm-hmm. And you will do and vote for whomever will allow that to happen. Yeah. And, I suppose so. And I, like, at that point, personally for me, like, I wouldn't want somebody making me promises mm-hmm. that don't feel genuine. Yeah. That will never ring true. I'd much rather you be honest. Mm-hmm. And you lay out your cards and I can make an informed decision about who it is I'm voting for. Mm-hmm. And for better or worse, like I'm not going to justify this man's war crimes because he's a war criminal. Also, you know, your camera's doing the most. I feel like I should switch off this effect. Because what I've done for your what camera you is that it's... What it's have you done? Anytime you move, it centers you. So the camera moves to put you in the center at all times. What up? Which, which I think is what? what's causing my computer to like go a bit overboard. Yeah, but it's, it's starting to make noise again. But so, we can, so, we can so break so after every let question. Let me fix this. I'm going to move center stage. It's going to have portrait mode there. See? The first president of indigenous background was... Or Liberia. Oh dear. Yeah, just some white guy. Joseph Jenkins Roberts. Yeah. So, I think like, as a continent, oh. we need to understand the story of Liberia because mm-hmm. it's this very interesting experiment of mm-hmm. white people realizing they fucked up by enslaving and oppressing black people. And instead of refusing to do the inner work of, hey, are equal to us, they're equal with us, we just mm-hmm. need to expand opportunities. Mm-hmm. They're like, let's just kick them out, and then that's how we solve the problem. One plus one is seven to six. Pretty much, right? And then you have these people who have been mentally colonized coming to Africa, coming quote unquote home, mm-hmm. and then expecting everything to be okay, and expecting that these fundamentally changed individuals will be able to adapt to this reality that is so alien to them. Mm. And I think the reason why it's important to talk about it is because of the diaspora, right? We have this amazing diaspora. I'm sure you know this in Kenya. Was it like last year? In 2022, Kenyans, on average, sent home $300 million a month. Look at that. 
300 million dollars a month yeah. <laughs> which is insane mm -hmm. and we haven't yet sat to grapple with all these people who are claiming as our own are now living abroad and they're mm -hmm. constantly being changed by their experiences mm -hmm. what does that mean for us here true but even I, I remember this is just sort of add to your point when you talk about diaspora my favorite lecture lecturer um Cassandra Vini yeah she was like crazy like she failed her first class it was brilliant um, she came, so she's black American, and she'd come and she'd say, you need to understand that we need to break apart and separate um, what the diaspora is. So you have two types of diaspora. You have um, Africans of the blood and Africans of the soil. Okay, I like that. Blood and soil, like so, that. So of the soil, is like you, Aileen, you go to the diaspora. You're an African of the soil. I was born here. You were born here. Um, Stevie Wonder, who has his um, Ghanaian citizenship and whatever and all these things is an African of the blood and there's that sort of separation and for the longest time in fact we really thank West Africa West Africa is is the leading the way in this Africans of the blood and Africans of the soil just don't mix thinking think, think of it this way Aileen you went abroad yeah <laughs> your close friends who are your close friends my close what friends, were the races my close friends were white uh-huh if they were African they were from if they were black, they were from Africa. So they were like South Africans, Zimbabweans from the soil. From the soil. Nigerians from the soil. And then um, a lot of Africans like the Asians a lot. So you have Asian friends Actually, and like yeah. white friends. I have a lot of, yeah. But did you have a British, black, like very close friend? No. Didn't. Many, didn't. many Africans, they, they think through it and they're like, by the way, like I went to the US and all my friends who were black were Africans or, or at least immigrants. They weren't like African Americans, or what we're calling them, American Africans. You, you know, you have a point because it is a very different experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a very different experience that if you've lived in that environment your whole life, that yeah. is like the Western environment, you're yeah. not aware of how different it is. Because mm -hmm. we're coming from a place where, as black people, we're the majority. Mm -hmm. So we spend our entire lives not dealing with that racist bullshit yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. And then to go into a place where you're suddenly the minority. It sucks, doesn't it? It's not only sucks, mm -hmm. but... It's, it's, it's a culture change. Yeah. I think, th like, the thing of you being a majority, like, you are a Kikuyu woman from Africa who has lived in a space where you've not had, you have an abundance of, of positive resources, role yeah. models, negative role models, but you have an abundance of other Kikuyu women who you interact with, and you've lived in places where you've always been the majority. Always. You go to this world, even me, I was there for like a few seconds, and immediately you realize I stand out. Yes. For the first time in your life, you're like, you're oh, like, oh this is... hey! And now you realize these people who have grown up their whole lives that way have become different. So the Africans, we have a sort of confidence about our Africanness yeah. that black Americans have. It always feels like, and to an African, it feels like they're being fake, but sometimes they're not being fake, it's just they're, like, we feel they're too emotional, yeah, too, cause, cause um, not picking themselves up yeah, by the bootstraps. We don't understand where they're coming from. We don't understand, we understand their context. What it means. There's a difference between slavery and colonialism. Very big difference. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think the biggest one for me is that, like, as you were talking, what went, through my, what went through my mind is that in Africa, I've never had to prove that I have a right to exist. Yeah. I've never had to prove that I have a right to be proud of my culture, my mm -hmm. history, my traditions. Mm -hmm. Versus when I'm out there, mm -hmm. it feels like 
not only am I as a black person representing mm -hmm. all black people everywhere, yeah. which is a lot to deal with, mm -hmm. but then on top of that, I have to use this visibility that I have mm -hmm. to like be one of the quote unquote good ones. You see that issue? And it's, it's like, a, that's it's, a lot of pressure. It's a completely different. Guess. And being an African, by the way, is so different because I'd like to say we're in a whole different ecosystem mm -hmm. that we start getting placed into certain things. For example, we have very many traditional things that historically have quote-unquote, oppressed like women. However, like the women in Africa are extremely empowered Jesus Christ. by who they are, through they are. So when they go to the U.S. and they, they, they're being told, you know, you know lean, on the, lean on the being black, lean on the being woman, but when they've been in Africa, like apart from my uncle making some really bad comments or some really crazy comments, it's not I would say stopped you from getting a job. I would say like it's a different type of feminism. Yes. It's a different type of feminism. Yes. Because right here, like in the in the West, what I found is that when you're talking about feminist causes, mm -hmm. it's either like very serious, because I have a lot of black friends who, because of their blackness, like the way they're treated by doctors mm -hmm. is so bad. Mm. Like they are ignored, they're not given treatment, and mm -hmm. it's for female hygiene stuff as well. Yeah. So when you say I have cramps, and the doctor's like, Well, I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And you're like, excuse like what do i do now mm. right because you're the only person i need to get to get <laughs> my medicine mm -hmm. versus here it's not that we don't believe you mm -hmm. right it's not that we're not taking you seriously mm. it's more that like we just don't know yeah and that's a very different problem it's a different issue yeah um but yeah so black people we're just very different i think even with the liberian people it's just a, it's a it's unfortunately a bit of a disconnect mm. that has to be reworked which is why i said i thank ghana like the people of ghana really? and you guys have done well so, to bring the black americans in and show them because it, this is the problem when we go there um there's this thing and i know you've probably if you've not been told it your mom's been told it or something where they look at you and you're like why can't sort of the white person is sort of kind of hinting that why can't my blacks be like I you Again, mm -hmm. I spent most of my university experience being the quote-unquote neighbor, like your friendly neighborhood black girl. And it's always African people being told that. I assimilated well. I yeah. speak like them. I mm -hmm. think like them. I'm yeah. also light-skinned, mm -hmm. so I'm not as threatening with my blackness. Kind of light-skinned. Relax. Are you team light-skinned really? I'm sorry. I feel like that, that. you're asking me to process a lot of emotions right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to fight you, but like, what am I fighting for? <laughs> what are you fighting? <laughs> exactly. So no, it's always African people being told, like, why can't they be like, is that better? Is that better? Like, 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 is that kind of center screen. You see, like, mm. we are a work in progress, which you'll get if you If you know, you know. So, um, many Africans have been told that thing, sort of as a dig. And it feels bad because it's a dig towards, it's like, dig towards black, black American, people. black English oh, yeah. people. But it's sort of, we are more, kind of more, just by how we are, like the white person than we are like the black American person. Because I, because of that mental colonialism thing. Like that yeah. is what's stuck with us. Mm -hmm. Right? Because we have that, to Najiskia come like we're white. Mm -hmm. In the sense of we have this pride in our culture, we have this pride in our history, mm -hmm. we know who we are, mm -hmm. and we know where we want to go. Actually, that's the thing. It's the identity. We know, we have an identity. The black American and the black English, the identity has been like stripped and broken, and like you can't feel, like, like you can't, like um, I loved Trevor Noah talking about, I think you're the one who showed it to me, the French, the French national team, 
And um, when when Africans were like, Africa has won the World Cup. Tasty. Tasty. It's tasty. I'll add for you more coke, don't worry. <laughs> Later. First you sip through. But like, um, how us Africans were jumping on the bandwagon of, of France yeah. being the African team. And then Trevor Noah said he got like a, a talk from the, the French ambassador in the US telling him that's really bad. You know, these people are French. We took care of them. We up them, you know, and all that. Um, and, and he was saying that it's not that they're French. It's that what Europe does is sort of forces them to choose. Like you are either American or you are African. You can't be someone of yourself. While us as African people from the soil, there's no question about me, Gariliwa, Gare from Central Kirinyaga. I know where I'm from. I actually have the privilege of knowing four, five, six generations below, above me about my history. And I'm not apologetic about being an African. While being abroad, sort of, kind of, I don't know, I'm, I've not been much, but it feels to me like you're, you're being told to be apologetic about who you are. Or not. Anyways, right, on that note, allow us to pause once more. As we go to question number question 10. Number Okay, so we're back for question two. We have taken a short break for food and to rage quit. It was not a short break. It, it was, was like a, an, it was a short hour. Break. But it was necessary because we recorded a part of the episode. We had to do it a twice. brilliant part of the and episode. And it did not save because my laptop has just refused to, to, to like... For the be, dynasty that she is, she is... A uh, dynasty, respectfully, sir. I am the, I, I'm a hustler dynasty. Hustler dynasty. Okay. Also, the sun is in my eyes, so let me just. Uh, it's okay. It gives, it gives you vision into the future. <laughs> okay. So, question number. I guess it's going to be our question number three, but your question number two. Do you know how terrible it was? Because that question of mine was, was so brilliant. Good. It led to a so good discussion. Good. She took a shot. I haven't yet taken a shot, and I'm about to answer this question. Not take another shot. Anyways, go on. It's my question. It's my turn. Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 Hang on. But I'd like to say, for the record. Me, I'm still enjoying the vibe, enjoying good drinks. Eileen has uh, not been taking... She's still on her first drink. I'm sorry, did, did you not make this super strong? It would taste this. <clears throat> right in front of you. Excellent. I saw the eyebrow twitch. It was not twitch. I saw it. it I saw twitch. it. You did not see it, but I saw it. Anyway. It's not that strong anymore. Okay. Add coke. Okay. So hold up, hold up, hold up. The shot glass uh, is empty. If I fail, if I pass, does it mean you take a shot? Um, no, it's just if you fail to answer it wrong. Okay, that's that's enough. That's enough. Yeah, that's I wanted fine. to even that's reduce fine. it. No, please do it. When it's me <laughs> taking a shot, I don't want much. But cool. Okay, okay. So, mm -hmm. in which city or town in Kenya mm -hmm. were the least number of divorce petitions filed? And I'm going to give you four options. Were the least number. In which city or town of Kenya? Yes. What constitutes... Oh, no, let's, let's see what you tell me as we a We have city. Nairobi, uh -huh. we have Meru, mm -hmm. we have Nyeri, and we have Mombasa. Uh, okay. <laughs> I had an... Or automatically, I had my first answer. Most, deport, most divorces would be from Nairobi. That's a guarantee. So let's omit Nairobi from that situation. Now... Yeah, this is where. Now, Nyeri, what I know of Nyeri people is that they're very good at uh, managing their men, if you know what I'm saying, in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. um, but Nyeri is also a place of very many bourgeois people, 
So I'm torn between Mombasa, which is a very high uh, faith place, or Meru. Okay. I'm really torn, but I'm going to say Meru Mbasa. You need to choose one. I feel like you're playing with me that Mombasa I'm, card. I'm really not. Mombasa. Please do your shot. Ah, get out. It was Meru. Please do your shot. Was you it Meru? Mombasa. It was Meru. But please do your <sighs> shot. I beg. Please do your shot. I, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. We didn't see, did, did, did you see him do a shot? I did not see him do the shot. Did you see him do the shot? Let, let God be the witness. Let me take off my glasses anyway. I want to see this. In full color. Thank you. Ah! You see, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> what? Anyway, so the answer was Meru with 36 divorces filed for in like, I think, 2022, 2021. Mm -hmm. um, but before we discuss this, because I know you and I have differing ideas of like what, like when divorce is appropriate and like just what divorce should be. Let me say that like a 70% divorce rate does not mean that 70% of all marriages end up in divorce. Mm -hmm. It just means that for the time period studied, mm -hmm. seven out of 10 marriages ended up in divorce. Okay. Right. Um, so in Kenya, you mm -hmm. want to guess what the average divorce rate is? 60%. 17. I mean, I meant the other way around, but anyways, 16. You're the one who's giving me whiskey. Not, not, not six. As in, I thought you. I, I was gonna say sixty percent of marriages are not divorced. No, it's 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 seventy. But you're saying it's seventy three, eighty three percent of marriages that are not divorced. Yes, 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 yes. Which is a lot better than I think what most people feel like it is, and I think it's because of like the rise of situationships of babas of blessies and blessers. Come we stay. Yeah, come we stay type of relationships. So, like, my question to you is. Mm -hmm. I guess let's start from the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think about divorce? Not for general? it. Explain why. Not for it. When you're married, the greatness, you stick with the greatness. Oh God, because, I'm yeah, you're stuck with me. You've not known that already? I mean, I've been trying to get a divorce for like eight months. I've been rejecting it. Her applications have been going into the dustbin. Do you want to know, you know the why fire? this works? Because mm -hmm. in Kenya, you kind of need to have one person who's contesting the divorce because mm -hmm. that's there's no such thing as a no-fault divorce mm -hmm. you have to blame someone yeah and it's not my fault if what you're trying to divorce me for so anyways why i don't believe in divorce because well it's 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 two to three things i believe there are circumstances in which a divorce is acceptable okay. in matters of abuse um I think that's quite guaranteed. If it comes, if it's coming against your life, please don't even ask the question. Wait, keep talking, because I want to get my tea. I promise I'm listening. Your tea is cold, by the way. It's not cold, okay. Um, I believe in a different concept of the whole idea of of love. I delete. I believe marriage is not just about love. If you get what I'm saying. What is marriage about then? It's, it's about, about building lasting relationships. But is that? But is the basis? So okay, okay. So my problem, love? my problem is modern definition of love. We want this Instagram love, which unfortunately I don't believe exists. It doesn't. Um, I believe that what people don't understand that it's all about building a relationship. This is someone you see every day when you're in your worst mood, your best mood, you're in your terrible condition. If you're unwell, this is the person who sees you. If you're messing anything, they see you. If you've done anything correct, they bring you back to, to line. So my opinion... If you go in with that mind of building a lasting relationship, 
divorce is not really an eventuality. However, I mean, it can be contested, but I've seen many relationships succeed 30 years plus. And divorce is not an issue because these people understand, number one, the person you marry today is not the person you're going to marry that you've been married, that you've seen two you years from now. You stay married to, yeah. People change. Yeah. If you understand those things, I think divorce is not even okay. really an issue. So allow me to like present to you the example of like Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, right? Both of them are useless. Okay. Throw them out in no, the trash. No, no, no. Okay, let, like let's be, let's try to be like a bit empathetic towards their conditions, right? Because like that's hard. When they got married, you could argue that Kanye was in an emotionally, was in a much more emotionally healthy place. And he currently is right now. And that's just based on my own disagreements with, like, his current behavior. Mm -hmm. But is it, like, why should you expect somebody to remain with a partner that no longer adds value to their life? A person, why should you expect somebody to remain shackled to somebody mm -hmm. who gives them nothing but suffering and pain? That's not fair. already have a problem with what you said in terms Which of is? add value to your life. Yes. I think that's a very modern um individualistic but take not, but it's not modern. what it is you're building something not not just for you you're building something mm. um beyond yourself you're trying to build something that will grow beyond you mm. and so when you say it is for your life it's not just your life and second of all number one i believe in the concept of for better or for worse you see that eye roll my god that i oh. it's not it's, it's because but like you because have there, there's a certain point in which you can no longer you can't you've done your best yes but it is no longer your responsibility to continue going on what, what makes it no longer person. your responsibility for example like and i'm going to speak from my perspective right because i suffer from mental health issues right mm -hmm. if i'm at a point where i can no longer reciprocate the love and affection that my, my partner is giving me if i'm at a point where all I'm doing is actively hurting them and making mm -hmm. them miserable, then I would not want them to stay with me because it's not fair to them. Is that for a season or is that for forever? It's, it could be for a season, it could be for forever, if it's but for at a some season, point that separation might be, like even for a time, might be necessary just so you can figure out your own shit. If I can give you... Um, see, I'm telling you, my opinion on the whole issue is, is, is poor, but let's use the example of our work marriage is actually our marriage, for example. What is the pause for? I didn't pause. I just, I just, I just pieced up. Just pieced up. Okay. To be honest, it's also me testing the the lag time on mm -hmm. this thing because it keeps like jumping, mm -hmm. and it's gonna show up on the recording. But you know, as I've said from the very beginning, Utadu. Sure. Um, I'm a bit high, so don't 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 work with me. <laughs> go on, go on. Um, you're saying we're using this. Our we're using an example of our, like our work marriage is actually our marriage. If you're in a situation like that, my first attempt, my first responsibility is to love you through it. Mm. It's to support you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it gets beyond me. Mm -hmm. That's where you seek support from the community. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in telling them your shit, but in, in getting support. Me saying that I overall... Yes, there are some circumstances, for example, where it goes beyond what I can do. But sometimes I can say, okay, what she's really showing me, I really need to get the expert of a, of a health um, a psychologist to come and actually look at it. Treat it. See what the issue is. I've heard stories of people who have had extreme cases of schizophrenia or extreme cases of bipolar, and their marriages have, for the most part, continued. Not always been happy, but the person who understands that this person is not going to be perfect all the time takes the, 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 the brunt. As long as you can absorb it, you can grow through it. And also, as long as you can and also, absorb it. Also, using that marriage context, so you've had your mental health issues. I have issues. So... 
you also have to absorb my issues. That's and that's fine. So, and me absorbing your issues doesn't mean no. But like that, that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a point of marriage is not a blank check for you to deal with all my shit. It is. It's not. Why not? Because it's not emotionally healthy for me, nor is it emotionally healthy for you. It, it and is. I'm, remember, I'm speaking about this like as a woman mm-hmm. who, for the most part, like society has expected to just occupy this role of constantly putting up with her man's shit. Mm-hmm. And then if I leave, then it's suddenly like my fault and he gets worse. Mm-hmm. Without people considering like, what would it have meant for me to stay yeah. in that situation? Okay. Do you agree? Let me. This, this will help us... Um, break into this even further. Do you agree Jesus. that a, a, a high percentage of, or a, a relatively high percentage of, of divorces probably took the step too early? Uh, yes, actually. Actually, perfect. Thank you for the segue because I read a 2018 study um, by a woman called Priscilla Omolo who was investigating the causes of divorce in Nairobi County. Mm-hmm. And she found that um, one of the big reasons why like people got divorced was that you married too young Mm-hmm. And that you were like stumbling into marriage. Like it wasn't a conscious decision. Mm-hmm. It was more that we've been in a relationship for five years. The next step is getting married. So mm-hmm. we might as well get married. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like being honest with yourselves and recognizing that, hey, maybe this relationship was only supposed to last this long. The certain and time. Breaking right. up. Mm-hmm. And I think that has more to do with like a lack of emotional intelligence, perhaps, mm-hmm. or like a lack of emotional self awareness. I'm not against marrying young. Um, I am. Because I've seen like. I, I request, I mean, maybe this is not the best example, but I request all Kenyans to go and ask their shoshos and yukas at what age they married. Many of them will say 21, 22, 23. Some will say 19. Why is it different? They've had 50-year-old marriages that have worked. They've gone through the issues. If you listen to their wisdom, sit with them. Listen to them. You realize, oh, there were points where Guka was okay, gone yeah. for like three, three years. But they still came back. Well, they but still I came think, back to each other. I think it's because like, for them, divorce was not an option. Mm-hmm. And I think... And didn't that work? I'm not... But but what does it mean for something to work, right? It's, it's that thing of whenever you have like an older family member or a mentor saying, mm-hmm. I did X, Y, Z and I turned out fine. Mm-hmm. Like that's never a ringing endorsement of that mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, right? It's true. So I think that we should not try to compare those generations because we had very different generational demands, right? True. But all I'm saying is, if you look at them, why did they have successful relationships when they married young, when the system was a bit um, lopsided in terms of probably more male-dominated? Why is it still that these people had what they consider, and remember, this is what they say, were happy marriages? Why is it that they say that? And then when we look at it now, look, I'm looking for the, I'm a novice in this situation. Never same, been same, married. Same, same, same. Like never been married. Hardly ever been in a, in a, in a, in a long-term marriage. relationship. <laughs> However, you have to ask that question. Of course, maybe I'll be married. And then 10 years from now, uh, I'll be getting my own divorce. But for me, it's just, if we go in with set expectations, so let's say, continuing using the example of you and I, we set our expectations. I tell you, by the way, Aileen, this is what I believe in. I believe that um, our kids have to go to church. I believe that um, uh, in a certain amount of giving, I believe in family, the family unit in a certain way. These are the things I believe in. I believe that we need to have kids, whether it's 10. I'm just saying. I don't want 10 kids. Relax. But I'm just saying, like, there are some people who want 10 kids. Jesus. If I make my demands clear, and you say that beyond those demands, we can meet an even place and grow a marriage together, I think 
then what is it? As long as I'm honest with you, sometimes what I do agree in some divorces is deceit. Like if I tell you I'm okay with it. For example, you have a lot of marriages that divorce because the man agrees with the woman who says she doesn't want kids. And then he changes his mind or she changes her mind. and it's a... He's never changed his mind. He always wanted kids. He just didn't want to lose her. Or he thought he could convince her. Or he, yeah, or he thought he could convince her. You see, there, there there's an issue because our demands didn't meet. Okay, okay. So I think then it's best for us to, like, before we continue this conversation, like, establish mm -hmm. the grounds that we both agree on mm -hmm. are, like, for want of a better word, legitimate grounds for divorce. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, one is adultery. But then I, I'm a very big it trust means, person. It depends. Yeah, for you, yeah, clearly. I'm a very big trust person. Like, if I can't trust you, like, I don't see what, what, what we're going to do here. And mm -hmm. the relationship needs to change. Because mm -hmm. I'm not going to want you in my space. I'm going to need time. Mm -hmm. And having the option of divorce, of, like, ending this relationship, makes me feel a lot less trapped. For me, adultery me is not an like, option. But yes. Like, we need to, like, I need to have an option, mm -hmm. right? Then I think another one is... Like, like another one is if, if communication so thoroughly breaks down mm -hmm. that all you can ever be to each other is just nasty and rude and violent and mean, mm -hmm. then it's not worth being in a relationship with each other, especially mm -hmm. when you have kids. Yeah. Because those kids deserve to have parents who are happy, even if it means they're not happy together. Mm -hmm. So I think we can both agree on that one, yeah? As I said, my coffee. But neither of them have I really agreed with. Them. You haven't. You haven't. Like I'm literally trying to establish common ground. You're not working with me here. For me, adultery, it really depends. Okay. Because many of the most successful marriages have gone through a period of adultery. Even your biggest superstar went through a period of adultery. Yeah, I know. And I think it really depends. But you should if, always have that option. If like, this it's person too much for you and you can't, like you should have that option to leave and walk away. The option is there, but if this person has shown you before even the marriage that it's going to take a lot of time to make them trustworthy, then maybe not give them that benefit of the doubt. But if someone you can tell, this person loves you and has made a mistake and has come to you and said, I've made a mistake, I think there's an opportunity for forgiveness. I think there is, but, the, in this, but like you should not be forced to have to continue being with that person mm -hmm. if they've triggered something fundamental in you. Mm -hmm. You should not be forced to continue in that relationship, especially if it's not one that is not going to. I know, I know you're gonna quip, and I know I'm gonna quibble on terminology. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not a relationship that's gonna make you happy. It's just oh. going to detract. What does make you it's, it's, happy? It's going, I know it's, it's, it's going to like suck joy from your life, and just going mm -hmm. to be a, a cause of stress and anguish and pain. Why is someone else making you happy? Is that not why we engage with other people? I mean, I mean like happiness the, the issue of making the yes, making me like, happy, making me me happy. It's not about making happy. But I, I, I'm of the belief that if you engage in a relationship with somebody else, mm -hmm. you should do it for, for selfish reasons. Like you want to be with this person because mm -hmm. they make you happy and you want to make them happy. Like it's, 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 it's selfishness and selflessness mm -hmm. constantly warring against each other. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. To the point of like, this is going to come up really toxic, but like, I want to be with this person and nobody else can have them because they're mine. Mm. Which is very, it's a very toxic thing to say. Mm -hmm. But I feel that way with my partner sometimes. Like, no. Right? Yeah, and thing. that's, and that's, and like, that's what keeps me coming back. Like, because whenever I stop feeling that feeling, that's when I know, like, there's no, there's no coming back from this. Mm -hmm. Like, when I'm ready to be like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I want to wash my hands of this. Mm -hmm. That's when I know this relationship can no longer withstand. Mm -hmm. But if I still feel that level of, this is a person I want to be with. This is the, and I want to keep it for myself. 
because I want to make I want to be the one to make them happy. No one else can do it. It has to be me. That I'm for. Right? But if you no longer feel that way, <laughs> if it's if this relationship is causing you anguish mm-hmm. and stress and pain. I'm not talking about like you have a fight one day and you're fighting for a week. I'm talking like every single day. Mm-hmm. You're like it's just pain. It is just suffering. Talk to people who've it's gone through that. It. Talk to people who've gone through that. I have, and it's never worth it for them. Mm-hmm. Many of them well, the ones I've talked to have said the issue they had is the is the perspective that they held. Once they reviewed it with their partner through by the way, something that is actually very acceptable, is which counseling? is counseling and therapy, that they realized that maybe the issues I'm having and why I'm angry of this is because I'm holding something that was related to my child. To my own things, yeah. Or to my, and, and what I need to do is review that. Yes. So maybe the reason that this was is because of the way I, the perspectives I was holding. Yes. For example, a lot of relationships I've seen of, of women and men, because men are, are comfort creatures. Um, if we don't push ourselves, we become comfortable teddy bears. Yes. And, and, and on many occasions, this is now my belief, I believe that women are also there to push men out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not pushed out of the comfort zone, we can be sloth. Yes. And so a woman will come and push a guy. No, it's okay. Both of us have responsibilities. And we'll push the guy. And then the guy will reach a point where, by the way, he can't live the life you want him to live. He has to live a life that he can live. Now, that's where you realize, okay, there's the line. I can push him, but maybe, maybe I'm pushing him to a place and a life he never could have lived. Like I wanted him to be a billionaire, and maybe that's not what his lease was in life. I think. And then what was the second thing you said? So the first one was adultery, the second one was? The second one was like, when you've gone to a point in your communication where it is just that nasty. And I was saying I also disagree. Yeah. No, because I think your point is coming up, you have counseling where you can remedy that type of I'm saying most of this communication right, can be remedied through counseling. But what if it genuinely can't? Like, what if, what if you need that space, that that legal distance, mm-hmm. in order to like create a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. that allows you to be respectful and allows you to have that semblance of care mm. and compassion. This is like all I'm trying to say is that like I understand that there are remedies to fixing these relationships. Like mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. But these remedies existing does not obviate the need for a divorce. This is Sometimes where I... divorce just needs to exist as a mm-hmm. thing that people can access because mm-hmm. shit is just that fucked up and you need to be able to walk away completely. This is where I agree with you when you spoke about how um, sometimes people don't realize that some relationships are made for a season. Yes. Damn, those shits are actually cool. Thank you. You know, I got mm-hmm. them for free. That is really bad. Was it because of being a lady? Oh, no, 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 no. Somebody had left them at a studio I was at, and the owner of the studio was like, hey, do you want them? And I was like... They're really cool. Of course. Now, what if I, if it's a fan? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I still feel bad about it, but, like, not so bad that I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell the story every time. Sure. Simply because gold matches my skin. I look great with black. I do wish they were more tinted. It wasn't the gold, really, that caught me. It was the, the shape. The shape of the... The shape and then the see-throughness. It's the, the cool glasses. I mean, you look cool. They're Mammy Eyewear. You can find them on Instagram. Hashtag sponsor. Yeah, she's never bought them. So let's make that clear. Or been sponsored by them. She just stole them. Anyways. Uh-huh. Um, this way I agree with you that maybe one of the mistakes a lot of people make is they, they, they push relationships that should have been for a certain period of time mm-hmm. to become that marriage. Well, in fact, I believe marriage is a very different type it's of relationship. Very, so, so you have the you have the the one you the 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 the, 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 the one you love the one you whatever. Marriage is different. 
Marriage is someone you want to build with. This is someone who you want to start an apartment, start at zero, start to rebuild, grow, build. And so sometimes it's very hard, especially if you've been with that person for a long period of time, um, to, to then say, was this the one for our time? Was this the one or forever? was this the one forever? I think then that goes to like the kind of skills, we, the kind of relationship building skills mm. we need to be building in our young people, mm-hmm. the kind of relationships we need to be exposing them to, mm-hmm. and the kind of understanding we need to be exposing them to. Because I think with a lot of the media that we consume, right, mm-hmm. we kind of have this idea of love, of like it being all-consuming, of like when you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And like love is this thing that is super exciting all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, let me not lie to you, like being in love is boring. <laughs> Like it's it's safe and it's it's wonderful and it's mm-hmm. comforting, but safety is boring. Mm-hmm. And comfort also, is boring. You have to um, be ready to, to smell his shit. And you have to be ready, like not only that, like you also need to be ready to find somebody who you are mm-hmm. willing to fight with mm-hmm. and fight for. Right. And that is incredibly difficult because I'm I'm avoidant. If you fight with I'm me, I'll walk away. Mm-hmm. I will walk away because like I don't need this shit. Yeah. I don't need you. I know this, mm-hmm. right? And it's taken me a very long time to get to a point where I have people in my life who I'm willing to fight with. Mm. And people I'm willing to fight for. I think you might be one of them. Woo! Right? What up? But, like, I also think that if we don't tell that to our kids, mm-hmm. they're going to enter a lot of relationships in which they believe that, like, this person is my end-all and be-all. Mm-hmm. But, um, and this awesome. person is, like, the, like, this is it. This is all I want from my relationships. Mm-hmm. And that might not be the case. Mm-hmm. I also think that we're stressing too much I mean, this is what I got from, like, my family and, like, whenever I used to go to church. It's, like, this question of, like, oh, when are you going to get married? Like, you have somebody waiting for you at the wings. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a partner. And that's not the question you should be asking. The question should be some variation of, do you know yourself? Because mm. that's the only way you can get married. If you know yourself well enough to know, not only, like, this is how I like to communicate. This is how I like to fight. This is, mm-hmm. these are my challenges. These are my triggers. Mm-hmm. So that when you are engaging with somebody else, yeah. you are able to fully, like, even if something is a surprise, you know where it's coming from. And I'd also say that sometimes, uh, this is an unfortunate thing, you have to go through that, that especially in this modern age. The previous age, um, our parents, it was a bit easier because everyone is looking towards that life of marriage and whatever. So it's, you, you, you settle faster. But I think in this life, sometimes it's important for, for people to have that. To explore. To have the different types of love. The love of a boyfriend and the love of a husband. Very different. Um... And the love and the love of girlfriends, the love oh, yeah, of your yeah. families, your friends, like your mentors, mm-hmm. experience all these different ideas of love. Yeah. So that when you find and a, make the mistakes, partner, date that person for six years, make your and mistakes. then realize this was whoops, character this is, development. Clearly, this is the one for for the time, not the one for the lifetime. Mm. And then just realize that you have to embrace them for who they are. Sometimes they may not be the Instagram model you want them to be. Where it's goals, where you take video. I feel like an eighty-year-old man saying this, but no, where it's, but it's I, goals. You know, everyone really wants to have goals. And I think we do need to talk about like the role social media plays in forming our ideas of relationships. And creating more divorces. Because, like, with especially like the formation of parasocial relationships, this mm-hmm. idea of like you feel like you know your favorite influencer, mm-hmm. even though they themselves are like genuinely just trying their fucking best to bring, mm-hmm. to portray a very good idea of a marriage. And you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Mm. But because all you ever see is the good slash mildly bad stuff, you don't know how how truly shitty a fight can be with a person that you love. Oh, yeah. It is. It, it'll crush your it's soul. It's rough. Because, and this is, this is the one thing I've realized, not really through the relationships of, of that, but through 
close relationships who are friends and things like that and relatives is that the person that you are marrying or the person that you're really close to is going to call you out on your shit to a level in which maybe you haven't yet accepted that shit. So they're going to say things to you which hurt so much. And so many times you're going to, if you haven't dealt with that issue, you're going to close them off. But it doesn't mean what they're saying isn't true. But I, is painful. But I still think that like, in the very least, I feel like you and I should agree that there are certain instances in which pursuing a divorce is not only understandable, but necessary. Yes, violence. Violence, for me, it's adultery. For me, it's, it's miscommunication. Like, mm-hmm. where, like, my physical or mental health is in danger. Mm-hmm. And I need to prioritize myself, especially from mm-hmm. a situation with children. And, like, mm-hmm. I have to be a mentor for those children. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to see, like, my kids deserve to have a parent mm-hmm. who is happy and well-adjusted and is not constantly fighting with their father. Because, mm-hmm. remember, kids are fucking sponges. Yes. They absorb so much without you realizing. Okay. And if I you grow say- up in a household where it's, Mummy and daddy are constantly fighting mm-hmm. and they're not working. Like, there's no happy days. There, mm-hmm. There's no reconciliation. It's always like, eh, 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 mm-hmm. eh, eh, eh. then it might just be best for you guys to reconsider your relationship entirely. For me, it is just violence, like, and violence in all forms. Mm-hmm. And then, um, which also creates, I, I call it mental violence, which is a, a power many women possess. Um, it's true. Okay, it fair enough. True. Yeah, like women have been told that they, you they don't can use destroy. Your, you don't use your fist. Use your words. They destroy a man's brain. Use your words. Um, so violence or abuse. So let's call that abuse. Um, and then the second thing is just mis uh, misaligned expectations. For if you told me, see, for example, because we're close friends, I know certain things. If we were going into a marriage, I know those things. And if you've hidden from me, that's the problem. So if you've told me, by the way, these are my problems. And I've said I accept them. That's a different game. So I think then I think to like round off this discussion. Then I feel like we should we talk about agree like six percent. That's basically what you said. Not not even six percent. I feel like we should agree on the kind of the amount of self awareness. What what level of self awareness do you need to have about yourself mm-hmm. and about who you are in relationships before mm-hmm. you engage in something as monumental mm-hmm. as marriage? There you go. And then, yeah, the one thing I would agree with you is that the, mod- the, 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 the parents pushing their kids to get married really fast, big mistake. Because you have some people who maybe should never have gotten married. You have some people who got married way too soon, and then they commit that adultery, they commit those other issues that make their relationships impossible. So society and parents step off. If your child never gets married, I mean, it's really hard because... One thing as human beings you really want is a legacy to continue. Mm. But if your child reaches that point, either allow them to get a child another way or or accept them for who they are. I think on and that don't note, push them. I also think we need to reconceptualize like what the point of marriage is. Because mm-hmm. I feel like in Kenya we're this very interesting precipice where like mm-hmm. marriage is both a societal thing and a personal fulfillment. Mm. In the sense of like, okay, I'll say it's like when I went to Ghana over December... I saw like some of the Ghanaian men I was interacting with. It's very clear that they had this idea of like marriage as a way to fulfill some sort of societal obligation. Mm. But then after they get married and have a couple of kids, mm-hmm. they're then free to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like they have a wing of their house, their wife has a wing of her house. Mm-hmm. They understand. They agree upon rules of engagement, mm-hmm. um, and then from that on, like that is their marriage. Yeah. But it's not really a partnership. Mm-hmm. It is. 
a it's contract. A contract. Yeah. Yeah. Which so I can think, be. I think we also need to have a conversation about like, okay, the, what is the point of marriage? So let's agree that the one thing we agree with is that pre-marriage is so important. Is, uh, no, setting out expectations is probably the most important thing. Because if that guy, like if using the example of you with another guy and he tells you, by the way, I want to get married because I want to become the CEO of this company yeah. and no married man, um, no unmarried man is going to get there. This is my goals. I'm not ready to settle down. Are you okay? You'll find many women who say, yeah. But if you come and tell, if you cheat someone and tell them, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to settle down and you are never ready, there's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So allow us to pause. We'll be right back because we need to, again, we're working with my busty ass computer. She's doing her best. Is it's she? Okay. She though? Is she's she doing though? her best. God damn it. Is she though? She is. You have to be so salty. Like, damn, she's doing her best. Hi, we're back. Um, it also got too hot for me to stay in the sun with my hoodie. So here I am. Sorry, my warm blood can do that. That came off a little weirder than I thought it would be. I just thought of my like warm heart can warm situations. Get out of here. So your question, while I while, while I prepared the, the shot, your question. For me, good sir, we're on question number three. Ah. Well, well, technically we're on question number four. <laughs> No, I'm going to say it because the best conversation was in question number two. <laughs> and then this woman. Actually, woman, don't blame me. Blame computer. technology. I, you know I tried my best. And I, and I even warned you that we would need the whole day just in case I rage quit. So and I have know. not yet rage quit. So One like, second. Hallelujah. Bombastic side. Hallelujah. <laughs> the person who gets the answer wrong, which might be me. So let me yeah, yeah, feel that. You made me feel mine. Did you pour the cup of the lid or something inside? So. Okay, it's your shot. There you go. Good job. Okay, you go can for tell it. she knows how to pour a drink. Okay, so this is like a multi, multi-layered. Uh, like, it's one question, but it's like three parts of one question. Okay. So, <clears throat> this is the question. Okay. And I'll accept many options. Okay. Who is the most educated, present African president? So this is like they are currently leaders or head of state. I feel like William Ruto because he has a PhD in botany. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like maybe Kagame, but I'm not entirely sure. I feel like he gives off the pretense of tertiary education, but mm-hmm. it could also be that he only got up to like secondary school. I actually don't know Kagame's of, education. Like, mm-hmm. um, maybe the current president of Liberia. Because a lot of them have a tradition of being educated in the West and then coming back with like masters and doctorates to then become politicians. George Ware. Do you know why we know George Ware? Why? He's the only African player, football player, to ever win the Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or means best player in the world. Uh huh. He's the only African in history to have won it. Okay. In 1995. So he's not educated. I mean, he's a footballer, so I don't know. Um, so definitely Ruto is one. Mm-hmm. That's the only one I can think of, so to avoid doing the shot, I'm going to definitively say Ruto. Take your shot. I'm not going to take No, you're not going to take your shot. You're Thank lucky. You. So there are actually quite a few leaders that have incredible qualifications. Really? Like King Mohammed VI of oh. Morocco, uh, Peter Mutharika of Malawi. Um, that's the pastor guy, the one who sounds like Obama's junior. Mm. Shit, okay, huh? He's actually very educated. I think he's like in international relations. These are all these guys are PhD level, by the way. 
And then allegedly, some sources say that it is none other, but you can never say it's this one person because PhD is PhD, yeah? They've all got into PhD. It's none other than Dr. William Samoei Ruto. Unfortunately, you're correct. However, it's unclear. So apparently, this is a fun fact, that William Ruto was the leader of the University of Nairobi Choir. I have had that man sing in different uh, events. I don't understand how he made leadership for a choir, but he was the head of the University of Nairobi. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want to associate, but I feel mm -hmm. like I must ask, because I've also heard him sing. And while I believe every human being can sing, not every human I being don't. can sing well. I don't. I don't. Okay, there's fine. Fair. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder, like, what is the quality? Of the University of Probably he Choir. was just a school leader. I, I mean, he was just involved in everything. He was also the chair of the Christian Union. So he was just everywhere. So maybe he just, you know, maybe he can sing on key. I've heard him sing. Hey, wow, wow! She don't e wow. Hey, hey, I was expecting you to continue. <laughs> wow! Why did you continue? Why you? Why? Why you? Every Kenyan Christian, non-Christian knows that song. Wow. I think he sang it at one of the inauguration events. Uh, not his when he was vice president. Of Relax, he did. okay. Of course he did. Um, I was saying, ah, uh, because of the melding of the church and the state, where there's supposed to be a separation of the two, so. No, that doesn't exist. You even seen the last cabinet meetings, the last few cabinet meetings, they have prayers before. But like, it's always a very Christian prayer when it's like, well, Kenya is not a Christian nation; it is a multi-faith nation. Let me not lie to you. I'm gonna say to as clear of a face as I as I can, and with complete brutal honesty. No matter what the law says, Kenya is a Christian nation. But it's I think, not a Christian. Nation. I know what the law says. I'm just telling you. But it's not. Kenya is a Christian nation. But it's not. Think of it this way. We don't know what the Christian beliefs or the extent of the beliefs of our four presidents. They have all been Christian. In fact, it's like a, it's like a suicide mission in Kenya to not believe, number one, in a God, in one God. Number two, it's a suicide mission to, 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 to not believe in Christianity. So one day we will have a Muslim president as Kenya. But we will, we will hardly, in for generations, we won't have a non-believing um, in, in, in some sort well, of faith. Agnostic. Yeah, we won't have that. It has to be very specific. And it's not just Kenya. Um, United States of America, we know half of those guys really didn't really have beliefs, but they had to say they believe in God. True, but like, my ability to believe in a deity should not be the metric upon which you judge my presidency it is because like just because i'm a christian doesn't mean i'm going to be a good guy eileen you worked in you worked in um in, in in politics for a little bit um i'll just say that um and <laughs> you know that the voters and what they what they select an individual for their voting is not what you may consider totally logical no, no, I get, I get, you look for what was obama's thing he was he was a cool young black man who wasn't really that black. He was like black enough to be black, to be accepted by the white. The white people were exactly. He was the guy you can have a beer with. 
and a joint with. And then and a joint with. And then look at him, all his white shirt, the folded sleeves. There are certain aesthetics you never saw Ruto when he was campaigning, when he was doing the the, the manifesto launches, like the big events. Always in a white shirt. Always in a white shirt. Why? These are the, because they know, and their advisors told them there are certain things aesthetically true, that get you there. True, but like, believing in God is one of them. True, but like I also, but I also think just just because we are the, I don't think mind makes right. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kenya isn't a Christian nation because of the because Christians are the majority of this population because mm-hmm. they are. Like I think was it sixty percent or something or seventy percent more than that or eighty percent maybe of this population are like Christians Mm -hmm. or proclaim themselves to be Christians. Yes, Um, but that doesn't mean you're a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want us to get away from this idea of like melding together the Mm -hmm. state and the church Mm -hmm. because those should be two very different things. And I feel like in order for the church to maintain its objectivity as a moral arbiter, what is right and wrong? But there's there's a there's a difference between the church and the faith. So having belief versus empowering the church are two very different things. Yes. It's not saying that he's empowering the church. I think he's empowering a specific he, version of the church. He is, but I'm just saying, but for most of them, for example, like um, the Uhuru presidency, he didn't really show much. We all knew he was Christian, he's Catholic and all those I things. I learned he was Catholic after he left office. You see, I've, I knew that the whole way. Um, but he didn't really impose it. Um, while the Ruto presidency is more imposing it. Because think, it's, there's a difference between belief and the church. And I think, I feel like for me, that's the thing that scares me the most, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not even that I have, it's not even that like my friend's group could basically be like a mini model UN, mm-hmm. right? Because we'll just, I just happen to have like a diverse group of friends. It's more that I think about like what it would, what how I would feel mm-hmm. if I were like a Muslim. Mm-hmm. And I was living in a country like Kenya, mm-hmm. wherein, I kind of have to prove my Kenyanness in mm-hmm. spite of my faith, mm. as opposed to you just accepting that I'm Muslim, I'm Kenyan, and both of those things can exist at the same time. I think that one is changing in terms of the Muslim Kenyanness, because now, based on reality, people have been, don't want to say it, but have been forced to accept. It's the wrong forced wording. Accept is, is, is not, it's, it's, it's the wrong wording, right. but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, you can't ignore that Muslim people are part of this republic. The people that you feel bad for are not, for me, it's not the faith people, but it's based on color. So like, as, as we said in number two, in the second question that you deleted, that there's a whole group... <laughs> you need to let it go. She deleted Let it go. It was we not were, on purpose. We were talking... It was technological issues. Let me just I say... I tried so my best. The, I really The question did. we explored... I'm trying to fix this shirt. Hang on. Oops. Okay, good it's, job. It's, so the, the the question that we asked was whether, um, as black people, we've in Africa in Kenya, we have ignored or uh, belittled the impact from the Indian uh, Indian Kenyan history community. community with regards to our history. I and we're talking we about someone called Mark and Singh. You can Google him, and uh, AX will do an, uh, a thing on him He's in the future. Uh, my job is to do that. He's I think. Fine. <laughs> Fine. If you want something, but do it yourself. I'm hinting, hinting. It's hint for yourself. Hint, put hint. it on your to-do list, not mine. I think you'd find him very interesting. I, I don't doubt it, Mark but put saying, it on your to-do list, not mine. Okay, it is on my to-do list to push Aileen to talk about Mark and Singh. Uh-huh. That's my, my duty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, but apart from that, let me, let's go back to the question. Yes. Because I told you it's three questions, really. Yes. Oh, okay. So your, your shot is not over. On top of this, 
who is the most educated African president ever? Ever. Ever. I want to say Kwame Nkrumah just because he was a thought leader, but it'll also be Julius Nyerere. Wrong. Is it Haile Selassie? Wrong. Is it somebody from I was not giving you many options. I was giving you one chance. You failed. But I'm not, I'm not going to do that, George. Why? Because <laughs> the rules don't apply to me. <laughs> the rules apply to you. You take your shot. I you, don't want to. You take it and you'll be happy. I don't want to. It's multi-led. So that's how I knew I was going to trip you. So you said the intent is to trip. You've been tripped. Bottoms up, bottoms up. I don't remember how the song goes, but there's a song called Bottoms Up. I will be sipping on this. Cause... You can't sip a shot. You have to take a shot. I think we did. did we not you can agree sip with... a drink. You can't sip a shot. People, I'd like to say this very clearly. That is Aileen's first drink still. We've been recording since... We have been recording since 10 a.m. It is now 4 I've had like five of these drinks. She's had one. This is where the bottle is. This is where the bottle is. She's hardly done any impact on it. Take your shot. Three, two. I will do half, and then I will do the other half for this. For the fine, part two fine, of fine, fine. So do half. Three, two, one. But I want. I just. I, three, I, I, I two, one, go. That was not half, but it's okay. Anyways, the person is, you forgot him, Robert Mugabe. Mugabe. Fuck off. They say How could had, a man so, so publicly stupid be so smart? He's not stupid at all. Robert Mugabe. And this was allegedly from many sources. Of course, it can never be confirmed, these things. Okay. However, they had a BA from Fortair College, University Fort College. Hair? Fortair. That's one of the in biggest. South Africa? Yes, one of the biggest historic um, colleges. Oh, it was Fortair and Makerere. Those okay, were the two. Yeah. So Fortair, he had a BA. He had a B. Min and a B. Ed from the University of South Africa. Oh. He has a BSc. Shit. He has a Bachelor of Law, which oh. he got when he was in prison. He has an MSc, which he got later. He has a Master of Law from the University of London, which he also got in prison. He's also one. Of, <laughs> now this was another funny thing. He has like six degrees. Then he has masters. Then he has PhDs. So some Multiple. of the PhDs, uh, the PhD I think is like one, but the issue is they're mixed. Yeah. Because he also is the leader who had the most honorary degrees as well. So I want to read for you something I got from online. I can't remember the source. Sorry, Sumi. So in June 2007, Mugabe became the first international figure to be stripped of an honorary degree by a British university when Edinburgh withdrew one of one it had awarded him in, in 1984. The following year, the University of Massachusetts revoked a law degree it had um, awarded him in 1986. And the year after that, in September 2008, Michigan State University cancelled a law degree it had granted to Mugabe in the year 1990. So he had all those degrees, which are not disputed, but he had so many honorary degrees, then when he became bad boy to the West, uh, they all revoked them. So there you go. Mugabe, the man you saw sleeping. In, in law things was actually extremely it wasn't educated. Stupid. So like the reason I call him stupid is that and this is my primary gripe with corruption in Africa is that he kind of forgot that in order for you to keep on getting money, you kind of need your economy to grow as well. Mm -hmm. You need to create a state of affairs that not only enriches yourself. Mm -hmm but allows you to enrich yourself by enriching others. 
like a multi-level marketing scheme. The hard thing about Mugabe, Mugabe first and foremost was the radical choice. Most of these, most African countries, between the options that came, normally it was the less radical one that became the first leader. Mm-hmm. Mugabe was actually the more radical guy. There was another guy, I think he was a pastor, can't remember the, I'm shaky on the history of Zimbabwe, who was the forefront person to become the leader. So Mugabe wasn't the one, but when he became the leader, he, and he pushed a vision which he had, which was that black people would hold the majority of land. And that's the one decision, the one decision, we've had it before. It's the one decision he made that, that cemented his presidency. The reason he couldn't make his country grow anymore is not that he didn't want to, is that because of the way Africa is, you're dependent on international actors, and the international actors barricaded themselves. Fair enough. Thank you for calling me out. Fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's because he's dumb. I'd say he had no option. But that was question two. And this is all leading to the fourth, the conversation question. Yeah. So the last one, the third one is, who is considered to be, I'll take one of two answers, the least considered African president? Isn't it Idi Amin? I may have to take that. It's not of my options, but I may have to take it. Yeah, because like Bokassa, I don't think he. I think he only did like primary school or high school, but before joining the French army. There's someone who's worse than that. Idi Amin did not go to school, did he? I don't know about Idi Amin, by the way. Um, But there's someone who was worse than not going to high school. Oh, wasn't it the former dictator of Equatorial Guinea, the guy before Nguema? I don't know what his name is. There's someone who was kind of worse. Than him! This guy, and he was president of a very prominent country, very recently, has what they say up until class five. Okay, but like, did one of my answers count? I'm going to, I'm not going to make you take a shot. Okay, fine. Final answer has been put in. Tell me what the correct one is. That's all I cared about. Go on. Jacob Zuma. Fuck off! (laughs) No! Yeah! Jacob Zuma, they say, can only they can only find his 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 education and up until class five. Okay, I guess. Okay, my question to you then is this: mm-hmm. Do you need to be educated to be a president? That was literally my question for you. It was literally that, like, how much of a role should education play in becoming a president? Because, because my options were, you know, you have people like. What you explained were the military options, like yeah. Idi Amin. You also have Salva Kiir, people who didn't really need, ed- or they got education in a different way. Yeah. But someone like Jacob Zuma, you know, Jacob Zuma was like a radical, radical. People, if you read his history, that wing, uh, what was it called? The wing of ANC, the radical wing. The guys that were, that were the actual terrorists. <laughs> the guys who were willing to blow shit up. And, he, like, was one of their, up. he was one yeah. of their leaders. The guy was, as in Jacob Zuma, is not to mess with, by the way. And what people find so funny is that this guy looks, like his face and everything looks clever. Yes. But he can't even read, like when he's given speeches. He doesn't know how to pronounce words. You should watch Trevor Noah making fun of him. The funniest thing ever. Can I suppose, then the question is like, I, I don't, I think then what is what is a president, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think a president has to be intelligent. Mm-hmm. I think they do need to have wisdom, though. Yes. I think they need to have an ability to balance and hold divergent op- opinions mm-hmm. and find the right way forward. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need to be very good communicators. Absolutely. They need to be excellent delegators. Mm-hmm. And they need to have like an, a very finely attuned character. 
doesn't that come with education? So that means you don't well, really exactly. agree. So you don't really agree that, um, for example, Kenya has the basic minimum. I think yes. it's it's a degree. Yes, it's a degree. Um, but you don't think that's necessary. I do think it's necessary in that if you're going to read policy documents that are very heavily jargoned, because mm -hmm. I've been going through them a lot in the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. you need to be able to understand what is being said, right? Because I once read a policy. But you can document, also have people who understand explain it to you. But even but even you need to make sure that those people are. Like, how do you know those people know what they're saying, mm -hmm. right? Like, you don't want to rely upon their expertise alone. You need to also understand yeah. this is this this sounds right. This does not sound right. Mm -hmm. You need to understand like where the biases might might exist in the research or in the writing or in the way the information is being presented. Mm -hmm. So, I think having a college education allows you to discern between those like the different modes of presentation, the biases, correlation versus causation, like all these things. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think, but if there's another way for you to get that knowledge, mm -hmm. then fuck it, let's, let's go for it. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? I think there's benefits of education. Okay. Um, but funny enough, I kind of agree with you that, like, what are the requirements of a president? Mm -hmm. A president is normally a unifying figure. Mm -hmm. You have to be a leader who can bring people to a table. You have to command respect, not just from your people, but from um, external people. Yep. So, um, with those things, maybe education doesn't play a role. However, understanding the nuances of issues, especially in this bureaucratic, democratic world, where everything is so complex, and people like using big English, uh, guilty party alien, um, that it is, it's important to have some level of education. Yes. Does it correlate with your being effective? No. That's the question. Because you, you have people like, uh, as I close, before I let you in, like Kwame Nkrumah. Yes. Kwame Nkrumah was considered a, a, a scholar. Apart from the scholars didn't really see him as a scholar, but he considered himself a scholar. That is not in his time, yeah. Yeah. Um, they consider, he considered himself a significant scholar. Yet... Um, everyone can sort of agree that his, he was not the best president in terms of promoting his people. Um, and it's so many examples. You have um, so many people of very sharp people or people with very significant education not doing very well. Then you have people who didn't have much education who did the most. We have no idea what Thomas Sapkara's education was. We have no idea who um, Jerry Rollins' education was. But they did such a great thing for their people. So I guess... It's up in there, sadly. I think, because the person I keep going to um, as a really good archetype of a very educated leader who did not make the most of his education, mm -hmm. or rather made the most misuse of his education, mm -hmm. is Jomo Kenyatta. Because mm -hmm. didn't he have a PhD on, in anthropology? Did he? he wrote, or like, is that a PhD or a master's? But mm -hmm. like, he wrote the book on Kikuyu culture that is still being studied and evaluated today, mm -hmm. which is facing Mount Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the conclusions that he came to ended up justifying his own personal biases, mm. and there was nobody left around to check him. Mm -hmm. You have a man like Charles Njonju who benefited from some of the best education in the world, mm -hmm. but he did not use that education, that privilege that he was given, mm -hmm. 
to spread those benefits around to the people that needed them the most and instead like worked to reinforce and entrench his personal power mm-hmm. and, the, and the power of people that were in part that were part of his in-group. But he did use his cleverness. But he did use cleverness. So I think, we, like you're right, like we need to go back to that conversation of what is the role of a president mm-hmm. and do you need, and like, what kind of education do you need to be yeah. able to fulfill that role adequately, adequately. appropriately, mm-hmm. Contextually, like mm-hmm. what, like what do you need to be able to do? Mm. Um, and what's yeah. more important? I think the leadership is more important than the education. But you, this is the thing because I've been again, I've been doing like a lot of like studies into how leadership, how you teach kids about leadership, because mm-hmm. it's not as easy as you would think. It's not like putting somebody. It's in charge, not one plus one. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like every, it's like an every single day thing. Yeah. Um, and that also, I think, if you're talking about leadership and education then it means us going all the way back to the very beginning, those foundational years, and talking about, well, how do you show leadership as a Mm six-year-old? You're six. Everything in your life is controlled for you. Mm -hmm. But how do you present this child with the opportunity Mm -hmm. to then stand up and say, me, I can can get my fellow classmates to do X, Y, Z. And I don't think we're there yet. Do, Do you think partially? Education in its current form is and and uh, apologize for my for my English here is more of a a way to especially the Kenyan one it's just a sorting mechanism it's why like even how universities deal with all the applications they'll use your grades which I don't believe high school grades are much teller of of intellect and and knowledge partially because I didn't get good high school grades and this but, man is actually quite intelligent. She said it. Um, like again, I am not drunk, but I'm also not sober. So you're very sober, by the way. I'm not. Yeah. She's still on that first drink. Yeah, you know. I'm sorry. Did you not make this drink for me? At least finish the one drink. Bottoms up. I'm not gonna finish it. Good God. Continue your spiel. Um. We use more education and all these barriers just to help sort. If you remember, there was once I told you about nihilism using the lens of Malcolm Gladwell and the, the, the beans thing they used for the llama beans, they used experiment they used in, in a school mm-hmm. where they literally, instead of all those things, they mixed purple beans and put a few green beans. Then if you pick a green bean, you're automatically a leader. Anyone who applies to be a leader, you just apply, your bean is put in the lot. So if you're 20 people applying, he'll pick one of the 20 or 10 of the 20 to make the student council. And they realized how great leaders they were getting because I have a problem with the way we vote. Mm-hmm. As we agreed previously, that it's not always logic that makes us select the people we want. So um, I think all these mechanisms are put in place just to help sort through the people, just to give barriers so that you don't have a random person who has no clear leadership skills Getting into the mix in this standing for yeah, leadership. And, and like, I understand that, but I also think, like you're saying, that has come at the consequence of delegitimizing other legitimate forms of knowledge acquisition. Absolutely. And delegitimizing other forms of learning and wisdom and mm-hmm. knowledge themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, do, I don't particularly know what can be done about it because we've now. I'm pretty sure you, you experienced this because like we're both 
in the very least middle class Kenyans, in the very least. Me, I'm a hustler. <laughs> in the very least, we are both middle class. We have I, middle class background. I'm a hustler. Least. Okay, so fine. Sorry, should I turn my phone around so we see your laptop? Yes. What is this? Boom. Thank you. This? Good. Do you not see the Apple logo it right was, there? It was gifted to me. Do you not see the Apple logo? The, this is what you call a bapple. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck is a bapple? It's a makeshift apple. It's, it's Those are con things. Okay. Point is, point is, mm-hmm. I think both of us come from middle class backgrounds where the expectation is that you need to get a degree. Like mm-hmm. that is how you sign your signature on the role on of, life. Middle, yeah, of middle class people. Like that's what differentiates you from the people who are quote unquote below you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what helps you elevate yourself to the next class of people. Mm-hmm. I think that comes from like a very colonial mindset, right? Or like the only way the white man would ever respect you is if you became like them, mm-hmm. which meant abandoning your own ways of doing things, your own ways of knowing, your mm-hmm. own ways of learning. Mm-hmm. And now we are grappling with this crisis of, we want to not necessarily go back to what we were. Mm-hmm. We want to remember that knowledge. We want to remember those traditions and figure out a way to evolve them into the present. Mm-hmm. But we are so stuck in this present mindset of valuing specific types of knowledge that we can't do that. Let's let's use a, a hypothetical here because I think this is the first time we're really almost one hundred percent in agreement. If let's what let's um the first. One of the few times. You and I fight all the time. We don't fight all the time. We're a good married couple. Married couples fight. So if you pick <laughs> um, James Bond, let's yeah. use him as an example. Let's say he the didn't go to guy. college. Yeah. Let's say he didn't go to college, but his brilliance took him to still where he is. Does he need that degree for us to vote for him? That's the question I think we all have to ask. Um, last year, um, a number of candidates were sort of thrown to the wayside because they didn't meet the one criteria. See, wasn't was that what was going to happen to Sakaja or something? Sakaja, um, Jimmy Wanjigi. Jimmy Wanjigi actually couldn't run because of meeting the minimum requirement of a degree. But sometimes people have such industry experience or they are leaders. Like James Wangi, you can't deny, is a leader. His Wings to Fly initiative, I don't even know if it was him, probably just a guy in the who told him, by the way, I have an idea. And I want to do this. And, and, I I want to do, and he empowered it. it. Yeah. Go for it. Those initiatives have changed people's lives. Yes. So, was he... Would we need to put him down and say, you can't run for president because you don't have a degree? I don't think we should. Which is why, like... But I also I, but I also don't think that means that we should automatically mm-hmm. presume that, like... When you are the head of the company mm-hmm. or a head of an industry, mm-hmm. you are solely responsible for the success you're not. that comes from that. Like you're not. the only thing you're good at, perhaps, is like organizing people. There's a difference between leaders or... and bosses. Yes, that I agree. But also, like Mike Kibaki, we all sort of have agreed, although that I feel it'll change a little bit, that he was the best president Kenya's had. For now, yes. I will still believe, and it is partially because of. Uh, my biases and my exposure that uh, Uhuru gives him a run for his money. I told you, it's my biases, my exposure. No, no, no. I also get where because mm. to me, it's something like Linda Mama. Like, mm. that's something I genuinely Linda like. Mama. Well done. As in, well bro, done. let me not lie to you. And I, I remember talking to people. The solving of issues he has done with our roads, you people don't understand how bad understand. it was. Yeah. 
how bad it was. It's still bad, but, it's but not bro, as bad it, as was it was bad. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he can give Makibaki a run for his money, maybe in 10 years, uh, when we start to look at it from a more objective perspective. Um, but one of the things that Kibaki was, was he was an intellect above the intellect. So the intellects were scared of him. Mm. His advisors knew they couldn't dominate him mentally. Um, and that did him a long way. He was he was on Time magazine, but it wasn't just it wasn't about his education. It was more about his aura, if so you know what I'm talking about. I do. So then I guess that it's a, it's not necessarily about like what it means to be a president or a leader, mm -hmm. as much as it is like what do we want out of our education in mm -hmm. general? Mm -hmm. Like what kind of for want of a better word, and I fucking hate this word, what kind of products mm -hmm. do we want to produce yeah. as, as we go through this education system? Mm -hmm. um, and are we doing that right now with like CDC or with 844 mm -hmm. or with 2463 building or leaders? Fuck it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then it's a question that I don't think we really have the answer to. I think we're going to learn in like six years when the first batch of CDC kids graduates mm -hmm. and we're all looking at them like, do something. Ooh, okay. Do something. All right, so we are going to take a break right now and we'll be back with the next question from AX. And on that wonderful note, allow us to cut this episode short right here, uh, mainly because I realized we have like three questions left and we've already been talking for like an hour and a half. I do not want to bombard you with that much content, um, you know. So this is part one, part two is coming up. Thank you for listening. Bye.